Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 16 of the For the Love of Sports podcast. My name is Ian Vicera, and I'm your host. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm joined by Tyler Dyson of the Washington Nationals. Tyler is a right-handed pitcher out of the University of Florida, where he actually led the Gators to their first ever national title back in 2017. And Tyler joined the Nationals organization last year after being drafted in the fifth round of the June draft by Washington. So Tyler is a very good guest. I'm excited to have him on. He's got a lot of experience, got a lot of, you know, good baseball background in there and he's a national champion. So definitely something that we're going to want to pick his brain about, but so <laughs> Tyler, thanks for coming on and how are you? I'm, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, just living this quarantine life the best I can. Yeah, no problem. So does it ever get old hearing, you know, national title in sort of your little bio and your little description there when I'm bringing you on the show? It doesn't man. Like it, that, that year was so special because of everything that we went through as a team uh, throughout the year. And, you know, just to cap it off with a national title, it, it doesn't beat that. I mean, you go in there and, and Florida's never won one before. So we, we all went in there our freshman year and we're like, you know what? Let's do our best to try to tell bring Florida the first national title. And to do it the first year, it's crazy. And, um, you know, it's, it's you only have three, four years in college. So to win one, it, it's pretty special. It's pretty special for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to make the most of it. So for everyone tuning in, I'm excited for this episode because like we just mentioned there, Tyler's a national champion. So he's got, you know, all that postseason background under his belt, starting that off, you know, as a freshman, getting that right away where you sort of, you know, hit the highest point you possibly can as a freshman in college. And then, you know, a little bit later on, you have some injury struggles, you know, not, you know, where you want to be necessarily the sophomore and junior year, but, you know, make that work, come back, still be stronger than ever you know, getting drafted last year by the Nationals and going through that and just, you know, the highs and lows, you know. So it's not like you won three straight national titles. There are the peaks and the valleys. So I'm very excited to see what you have to say about everything like that. And so let's just get into it. Let's do it. All right. So Tyler, first question I want to ask you is the name of the podcast is For the Love of Sports. So where did your love for sports begin? Well, back back home in in Oxbridge when I I was uh, a little kid before I moved down here out of Florida, you know, my older brother, my older cousins played sports growing up. Um, and my parents were very, very big on sports. My dad played every sport imaginable. My mom played field hockey in college and um, she played every sport growing up. So it was just kind of in my blood to play sports. You know, we had, we had a baseball field in our backyard. We say a baseball field, but it just our backyard was big enough to where we could have, a, have some, some batting practice when we were like three or four years old. So, um, but just growing up in a sports family, and obviously being big Boston sports fans at the time, uh, you kind of grow up watching the Patriots win uh, Super Bowls. You kind of you watch the Red Sox be in contention every year, the Celtics, the Bruins. It's just kind of being from the Boston area. It's like sports are instilled in you. You really have no option when you're from up there to, to, to love sports. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to have the freedom to play whatever sport I want. And my parents didn't push me any which direction. Uh, they let me try them all, and um, I've stuck with baseball, but um, I love playing basketball, golf, football. Um, it's just – it's sports are just what I've done my whole life, and it's brought me to some of my closest friends. And um, to this day, I, I, can, I can attribute a lot of the lessons I've learned in life to sports and being on teams and dealing with adversity. And like you said, going through those highs and lows, you know, it's life. It's life. Mm-hmm. You go through highs and lows, and, and sports are just the kind of – that symbol for life in, in, in ways that um, you can't really explain it to a lot of people when they ask somebody who's never played a sport before and you kind of, you kind of tell them what it means to you. 
everyone's going to have a different answer, but to me, it's just been my whole life is what I've grown up doing. And, and I just, I still love playing it. Um, I, I know a lot of people who've gotten burnt out from playing sports throughout their whole life and from jump from jumping from season to season to season. But that's what I loved. I loved, you know, up until I got to college, I was playing at least two sports. So in high school, I'd go from, uh, it was baseball season, summer ball. Um, and then in the fall I'd play basketball and then I go jump straight back into baseball. So is anytime I can, anytime I can play a sport, it's, it's what I love to do. So do you think if you were growing up and you only played baseball year round, so say if you'd been playing baseball, you know, since T-ball, you know, five years old and playing that only and just doing that year round, you'd be burnt out by now? Or do you think it was like helpful and beneficial that it, you know, helped you to play other sports, whether that's, you know, building up other muscles, you know, getting different sort of, you know, agilities, things like that. Do you think it was helpful playing other sports growing up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would encourage everybody to play as many sports as they can up until somebody says you can't play it anymore. Just because, like you said, you, you, you train different muscles in different areas of your body that you can't get from just, you know, just throwing a baseball. I can't, I can't get the same workout throwing a baseball than I can playing basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was playing high school, high school basketball, I was a lot quicker and a healthy playing in field. Um, and it just, you, when you're working out like that, you, you get your mind off everything. You know, like basketball was my kind of escape from baseball for a two, three month span where it's okay I can go full 100% on basketball and put all my focus on that and kind of get my mind away from you know the everyday the everyday grind of baseball because it's it's so fast-paced in basketball and football and stuff like that where you don't really have time to think Mm -hmm. you know you got to play and baseball there's a lot of standing around a lot of more mental kind of strategy going on but I, like I said, I would encourage everybody to play as many sports as they can because I, I, who, I don't know if I would have gotten burnt out. I've seen a lot of my friends growing up get burnt out from playing just one sport. And, um, you know, a lot of people ask me now, they're like, but they're young kids. Um, like, did you just play baseball growing up? Did you just do this? Did you specialize early? And I, I tell them the same thing. Go play, go play football. Go play basketball. Go play soccer. Do whatever you want to do because – you know, when I look back now, I'm happy I played every sport I could. I might not have been the best at that sport, but I would I would take my chances in it. And mm-hmm. and now, p- people who played just baseball or just basketball, and they look back to like, well, dang, I should have played. I should have tried this when I was younger. Now I'm old and I can't I can't try it out. You know, so yeah, definitely, definitely, I would absolutely. It's a lot harder to start than and now than it is when you're younger. So it's it's. I look back and I'm pretty happy. My family, my parents pushed me to kind of do, try everything and see what I like to do. Mm -hmm. And definitely it seems like it's working out for you so far. So Tyler, back over to the Massachusetts (laughs) ties for a minute. So you moved down to Florida at a very young age. So was that Boston, you know, that sports fandom, was that instilled in you enough? Or when you went down there, did anyone try and convert you to some of the other teams down there? No, man. I, I, I moved down here when I was eight. Um, so that was in 2000 and it was, I moved in February of 2006. And, you know, the, the Red Sox were fresh off of 04 mm-hmm. and that whole World Series run. So, you know, I was big, big Red Sox fan growing up. Uh, the Patriots won in 01, 03, and 04. And it was just kind of like, that's, that's just the thing. It's just Boston sports. And then I come down here and, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people from Massachusetts and New York here. So there's a lot of Yankees fans and Red Sox fans. Like across the street from me now, my neighbor's from – Massachusetts and Maine and, and Maine. So they're, they're Red Sox fans and, and New England fans. And then 
down the street, I got a Yankees fan from New York. So it's like, it's kind of like a big melting pot down here, but no one's really tried to convert me. Um, You know, I kind of gave up the Red Sox fandom when, when another team uh, selected me, but makes um, sense. you know, I'm, I'm still a diehard Patriots fan. And, and although I'm, I'm, I am happy to see a Tom Brady in Tampa. That, that's, that's, I'm okay with that. I was driving a couple months after, or a couple weeks after he signed, I was driving over the big skyway bridge in St. Petersburg. And I was like, it was like four o'clock and I'm looking at this, like the sunset and everything. I'm like, yeah, I don't blame him for, for wanting to spend his last <laughs> couple of years of his career down in Florida. But yeah, so no one really tried to convert me. It's it it's still I'm still a diehard Patriots fan, mm-hmm. and and watching the Bruins now in the in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely still with me. Yeah, hopefully the Bruins can figure things out. So whenever I have a guest on, I try and you know normally sort of coordinate whatever sort of hat I'm going to wear. And actually, I have a Nationals hat, but I can't find it. So I went with the Patriots hat because I knew you were a Pats fan. So I was like, this will do. This will work for now. The, pa- the the Pats hat works for me. I I didn't. I don't have a Patriots. I did. I, I wore a Florida shirt, but I didn't wear. I had my Patriots jerseys upstairs. Who do you got? Uh, I got, I got a Brady and a Gronk shirt. I had or a jersey. Now I had, growing up, I had Brewski, Welker, mm-hmm. uh, Ty Law was my favorite player growing up. Like yep. when I was young. Um, now that I've gotten older, I've kind of lessened the amount of jerseys I've had just because. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird when I'm the same age as some of these players. Yeah. Or getting getting there, and I'm like, oh, let me go get their jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's for sure. So, Tyler, back to baseball for a minute now. Obviously, you're in quarantine and stuff right now, not playing in, you know, pro ball, which is what would have been your first full season right now. So, what's your mindset kind of going through this? Obviously, you know, bigger things right now going on in the world, but to not have that opportunity to play baseball this year, what's going through your mind? Yeah, man, it's tough because that's that's what I've done for the past let's see, I'm 22. I've done that for the past 18, 19 years of my life is just, is when it's baseball season, I play baseball, you know, and because of everything going on right now, obviously we can't, but uh, the toughest part has been, there's no, there's no end date, you know, there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no date where they're like, okay, we're going to get back to the complex here, or you're going to your affiliate here. You know, everything's up, just up in limbo. So, you know, going in, my mentality was just, how can I improve on my own to where I report to next spring training or I report to some kind of fall camp that we have and I'm better than I was before I left spring training when it, when this whole thing started, mm-hmm. you know, cause if I can do that, then I can put myself in a position to advance through the organization without having that first full season. And it's tough because as like you said, it's the first season and I kind of, this is kind of the year you get fully acclimated to the grind of 140 games and playing yep. every day and traveling on buses and in these small towns. Um, but you know, that, that'll have to wait, I guess, another year, but, um, yeah, I just, I've just tried to do the best I can to get better and improve, uh, to where I, I kind of force the hand of the organization next year to, to, to kind of advance me. Cause that's, that's all you can do is just, you can, you can either sit here and, and complain about how it's, it's, it's an, it's adversity. That's all it is. And, mm-hmm. and can you, can you improve on your own? Can you get better on your own without 12 coaches looking over your shoulder? You know, so that's, that was my mentality going in. Mm-hmm. And so what specifically have you done so far to get forward? What do you think you've improved so far in your game? Uh, well, the big thing going in, going in from uh, last year and last, last season is I, I put up good numbers, but some of, my, some of my pitches weren't working the way I wanted them to. Uh, so I really focused on getting my, uh, my slider, my curveball, uh, back to my slider back to where it was at school where it was a hard pitch and mm-hmm. 
um, and kind of get that more fine tuned. And then I added a curveball as well, just to add that fourth pitch uh, to my repertoire to to change the hitter's eye level, uh, just to get something that goes a different direction and different speed. Um, because I mean, you're seeing these hitters now; they're just they, if they time they can time up any mile per hour. If you throw 110, somebody's gonna time it up. Mm-hmm. So you got to change their eye level. You got to change speeds, and you kind of just got to mix your pitches. So uh, I've been adding that, and, and they've come a long way. Uh, I started throwing the curveball back in December. That was the first time I really started throwing it. So uh, it's gotten a lot better. Sliders, sliders getting back to where where it needs to be, um, and, and just kind of fine tuning everything. You know, fastball command, uh, making sure my body's right, making sure my body's moving the way I want it to when I'm on the mound, and uh, just to prolong uh, prolong my career and, and try to prevent injuries. I've dealt with a, with a couple minor, minor setbacks here and there in school. And, and so if I can, if I can, uh, you know, get my body right and, and strengthen those small muscles, everything will be better. So Tyler, I'm assuming you wanted to add in the curveball, especially because if you want to make it as a starting pitcher in the league, you're going to need, you know, more than one or two, you know, good pitches to throw. Whereas if you're in the bullpen, you can kind of get away with having just one or two. So where did this idea from the curveball come from? Did you get any sort of special grip? Just how did that come about for you? Yeah. So, so in, in college, I was fastball. My first year in college, I was fastball slider uh, mm-hmm. only. And then I, um, uh, I threw my changeup because I was a reliever my freshman year up until the last couple of weeks. I was a, star, I was a reliever. So I was only throwing uh, one or two innings a game. So um, you only need one or two pitches out of the bullpen uh, in college. But then when I started starting my sophomore year, I needed a third pitch. So I, my chain, I was working on my changeup all summer uh, when I was up in the Northwoods league in, in Wisconsin. Um, and that got, that got pretty good. So I was throwing the fast, I had the fastball slider and, and changeup. And then this past year in pro ball, when I left school and I got up to Auburn, New York and uh, for, for pro ball, I, my slider kind of got a little too loopy. I was trying to make it more of a curveball ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just completely just this off season, just ramped, just started blank. It was like, okay, let me go back to throw my slider, how it was and add a new pitch. And I was looking at all these different people's I've, I've tankered with it before. So I kind of had an idea of, how to throw it. Um, but I worked with the coaches over in, um, in instructional league uh, with the nationals and stuff on the curveball and, and trying to find a grip that works. And, you know, it, it's become a lot better. I become, I'm, I'm a lot more confident with it now than I was when I first started throwing it. You know, when you first start throwing the curveball, it's either going 20 feet in the air or it's going 20 feet into the ground. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a tough pitch, but especially cause it's, you throw it a different way than every other pitch. Uh, so it's it's different to learn, um, but I feel like I've made great progress with it. You're mentioning sort of, you know, in college, you're adding a changeup. Now you're adding a curveball. So you're adding these pitches, you know, a lot later than, you know, maybe some of your counterparts would be other pitchers who have been guys who have been growing up pitching their whole life. So you didn't actually become a pitcher full time until your senior year of high school where you started regularly taking them out. How did yeah. that happen? Um, yeah, so I was an infielder growing up, played shortstop uh, all throughout childhood and little league and AAU and even high school. Um, but then my summer team, and I was playing, I was playing some third base too, like in my summer league, because there, there were some shortstops that were, they were better than me at shortstop. So mm-hmm. they moved, they moved me over to third. Um, I, I didn't mind it, but it was, uh, um, so going into my senior year, we, we had a baseball, we had a summer tournament in Georgia and this is like one of the biggest tournaments of the year. Um, perfect game puts it on and it's all the top teams. and. 
we were at this kind of round robin before the big tournament started with like the top eight teams in the country. And there was a rain delay and we needed somebody to pitch. And I was like, I mean, I've pitched some, like I, I can, I can throw. And I had, I had, a, I had a pretty good arm. Um, and I threw, I threw a little bit my junior year, just like probably about seven innings, just come in for one inning and throw upper eighties and everyone thinks it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, but so I was throwing, I was throwing in Georgia and I, and I hit like 92, 93 on the gun. Um, and this is the first day I've, I've pitched and since, since high, since then, since really like in a real competition since middle, like middle school, just not just one inning here or there, but, um, so yeah, I, I was throwing in, in, in there and then the next day I wake up and I'm getting a bunch of emails from colleges saying, asking me when I'm pitching again. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, your guess is, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea. Like I just, I threw one inning just cause we needed it. Mm-hmm. You know, and all the pitchers on the team are giving me grief about how I just threw one inning and I was throwing hard. And um, so I ended up did throwing the next day. And that was when I got, I got a call from, from Clemson and they wanted me to come on a visit. Um, and I visited there and they told me, they're like, Hey, we think, we think you could be a great pitcher for us. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, I'm an infielder. Like, that's I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. shortstop, third baseman. That's what I do. And so I told him, I was, like, I, was, I was like, I would like it if you guys could watch me hit before, like, I commit or anything like that. Like, I want you guys to see me hit if I can, if I can compete at this level hitting. Um, so then our, our fall um, – so I get back – or I get back and, I, and I, I'm working at a high school camp. And I tell my coach, I'm like, hey, like, Clemson offered me as a pitcher. Like, what should I do? He goes, as a pitcher. I'm like, yeah. He goes, since when are you pitching? Like, what? Like, what? 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 I'm like, uh, I guess I threw a couple, couple innings in Georgia, and they liked it. So we started talking more and more. Um, and then throughout the fall, I, I was pitching more for the for my travel team. And uh, that was when my first, so the first tryout camp kind of thing that we had for the for the travel team was the Florida Burn. Um we had it at the Oriole Spring Training Complex and there's a bunch of schools there. And I'm really one of the top uncommitted guys at that camp. We had a lot of we had a, we had a super good team. You know, guys committed to Florida, North Carolina, mm-hmm. um and a bunch of other schools that that were that were really good for baseball and we I was thrown and then one of the coaches from Florida comes up to me and goes, "Hey, we need to talk." I'm like uh okay like what, what, what's going on and then so we called we, we talked like that weekend and I committed like three days later so it was it was Florida was always my dream school so when he wanted me there I was like okay fine like I'll pitch I'll do whatever I'll I'll, I'll do whatever to get to Florida mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I and then going into senior year like the spring season I um, you know talking to my the coaches and, and everything they they were like listen we want we need you to pitch and we want you to pitch and obviously you're going to school to pitch. So you're going to be our guy. Yeah. So I started opening day and I started uh, like one game a week. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how it started. I would play shortstop games. I wouldn't pitch DH sometimes. One of my buddies didn't like the fact that I was DHing because I mean, he had to play shortstop. <laughs> yeah. But so he, he would get mad at me for that. If I, if we had a game the next day after I pitched, I wouldn't play mm-hmm. the infield. But um, yeah, that's kind of how it went. Like I just started throwing in the summer and then, coaches caught wind of it and we're like hey you're uh you're, you're pitching for us now so so it was, it was kind of cool it was kind of a whirlwind like you said there's guys who are pitching every 
they've been pitching since they were nine years old and that's all they've done. Um, but for me, I think it, I think it was, it was beneficial for me because I was an athlete pitching. Mm-hmm, you know, like I, I was an infielder pitching. I was an athlete. So I wasn't trying, I wasn't really too mechanical. And my mentality was just, let me just do whatever I can to get the guy out. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't worried about mechanics or anything like that up until I got to school. But yeah, that's pretty much the story about how I started pitching. I like it. So Tyler, how hard was it for you to give up being, you know, whether it was a two-way guy or give up sort of that hitting? Because you mentioned you viewed yourself as a third baseman, as a shortstop, as a hitter, as a position player. So how tough was it for you to sort of, you know, reinvent yourself as a baseball player? Obviously, you know, you're still playing the same game and things like that. And you've mentioned you've thrown before. But, you know, if you're going in with that mindset of, oh, I'm going to go to school and try and be a shortstop. Now, all of a sudden, it's a complete 180. Now, it's I'm going to school in the SEC to be a pitcher. Just what was that like? Yeah, so I originally was going to school as a two-way, but as my pitching my senior year went kind of progressed, I knew it was more it was apparent that I was just going to be more of a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it's kind of easy when you see some of the guys that that are pitching in the in the SEC it's where you're like, yeah, I don't really want to hit off these guys. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of a you know, I wanted to hit and I wanted to get the opportunity to hit um and play the field, but like I said, when I went in there, I was, okay, how can I make an immediate impact my freshman year? Because you don't want to waste your freshman year and then you're a sophomore and you're fighting for playing time because you're behind the eight ball on some of the guys that played as a freshman and then you're fighting an uphill battle. Um, so I, I was like, how can I make an immediate impact? And that was on the mound. And, um, you know, our coaches told me early on that they just wanted me to pitch, um, which I was okay with. I was kind of hesitant at first and kind of just stubborn because I was – I wanted to try it out. I wanted to see if I could hit and play the field at this level. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when they, when, they were like, when they laid out the opportunity for me pitching, it was, it was just a better option, and I, and I fully accepted it. And like I said, now I'm seeing these pitchers throw. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to hit off them. They're, that's just – I don't want to do it. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Pitching right away for Florida, got into a lot of games as a freshman, started off in the bullpen. So what did it mean to you to be able to get out there as a freshman and make that immediate impact for the team and have that chance to play right away early on and get those reps in? Yeah, it, it felt good. It felt good to have a chance to compete um, for a spot. You know, one thing Sully was really good at at, at school was, um, you know, he didn't care – what where you were if you were a walk-on if you were a full ride scholarship guy if you're a senior junior freshman whatever if you're coming out of the stands you know if you're the best player you're going to play and that was part of the reason why I knew that I was so adamant to go to Florida was I knew a bunch of people in my travel ball coach um, Mark Guthrie his kid was the shortstop at Florida and so I kind of knew that I kind of knew what went on and I kind of knew that he gave everybody the opportunity uh, to play. And, and as a pitcher, you, you're fighting for innings and it's the, the, the ones who can compete at the, the most pressure times and who have the best stuff that's going to pitch. And um, you know, it felt, it felt good to be able to work my way into innings as a freshman and from fall camp to working in the spring and then ultimately pitching in the national championship game because, you know, I went through up and downs as a freshman. I, I started, I threw a bunch of games early. I started as a closer and then I struggled. I hit a, I hit a wall and, and, you know, I just, I couldn't figure something out. I was getting hit around a little bit. I was, 
I was kind of, I fell away from more of my, my strengths and, and then the playoffs, I picked it up, but so it was, it was kind of a, it was a roller coaster year, but to, to cap, but that was our team. You know, we started off in the sec two and two and five, two and two and four, something like that. We got swept mm-hmm. opening weekend and then we ended up winning the national title. So it's, and winning the sec title. So it's, it was kind of a, a symbol for our year to uh, like how my year went was just up and down and, you know, looking back on it, I, I grew a lot from it. I, I figured out what it's like to compete at that level. I figured out how to, you know, as, as a freshman in college, you're figuring out a lot more than, you know, you're figuring out how to manage life on your own, how to manage your schoolwork yep. balance with the social life balance with, and to throw in a, a full-time job of playing, playing sports when you're traveling and you're missing class and you got to do everything on your own. Um, you know, we had people helping us with, with those schedulings and, and with classes and stuff, but, but it's an adjustment for sure. And, and to kind of work your way into the rotation and help the team as much as possible. Looking back on it, it was, it was pretty cool for that. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned right there, you know, just a lot of the highs and lows of that freshman year, which is probably something people wouldn't realize, especially if you think, Oh, you capped it off with a national title, but there were those peaks and valleys within it. But so when did you realize that Florida was the right choice for you? Obviously you said, you know, you knew some guys who had been there and you kind of were very familiar with that program and what guys had thought of it. But was there that one moment when you were, you know, playing for the Gators or at school at Florida and you thought like, Oh shit, like I definitely made a great call for this. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, there's two, there's two kind of, Oh, like, wow. Moments for me. That was, that was like, okay, I'm here was the sec when we played LSU and I got the save on Friday night um, against LSU one zero at home there's a sellout crowd um and, and and like a week two weeks before that when you're playing florida state it was kind of the same opportunity it was it was one zero florida state was the number one team in the country and you know i'm warming up to get my first save um and and the just the adrenaline of that like i was like afterwards i was like okay like that that's that's florida florida state now like it's not that's not another midweek game that's that's mm-hmm. that's florida florida state and and, and i just kind of i just saved that game and that kind of steamroll my, my year. Um, but those two moments were kind of like, damn, like I, like I'm here, like, this is, this is real. I'm mm-hmm. here. And then let's go, let's go do this thing. Let's, let's go, let's go make something special. Cause we knew we had a special team. We knew we had a, we had great chemistry in the clubhouse and we had a lot of talented guys. And even when we went through those struggles, we knew that it would be the year would be something special. We just had to put it all together at the right time and get hot. We did that in the postseason, but yeah, those two moments for sure were like, all right, this is this is the University of Florida. I got I got the Gators across my chest, and, and I'm representing more than you know, more than just Gainesville. Like this is like the whole Florida fan base is watching this right now, saying, all right, what do we what do we have in this kid? And that was kind of mm-hmm. my my wake up moment. Definitely. And if they didn't know what they had in you back then in those early SEC moments, they certainly knew by the time the national championship came around, and you're throwing the clinching game against LSU. So. Game one, you guys win, you know, best two out of three once you're in the finals. Game two, you get the start. Now, Tyler, you mentioned you were a bullpen pitcher your freshman year. You had made one other start that year. I believe it was against Florida State, like way back in April. Now this is June. Now this is the big time. And all of a sudden, you're taking the hill for probably your first start again in who knows how long. What were your emotions going into that? Oh, well, the, the first start didn't go so great. So I was, I think I went like one and a third and let up like four runs, five runs and let up a leadoff homer. And it didn't go good. So that was uh, – <laughs> I was a little happier with the second with the second start. 
Um, but you know, it was if you flash back to the super regional versus Wake Forest, we had it was a bunch of rain delays and every time there's a playoff in Gainesville, super regional regional, there is at least two rainouts. Like it's just mm-hmm. they call it Rainsville for a reason. Like it just rains. Yeah every day and they didn't do a good job of scheduling the games. The NCAA didn't schedule the games correctly. So we get our games in before the rain came. Um, but we were playing Wake Forest and we were, we had two games in one day cause they got rained out. So we, we got pushed back to the last day the super regionals were, and it was a Monday and we were playing. Um, uh, we were, it was a continuation of the game before. So I came in, I threw two innings in the first game and then we ended up losing that game on a walk-off home run in, like, the, the 11th inning. Um, but then, so we come out for the next game, the winner take all, winner goes to Omaha. And we have Brady Singer on the mound, who's now in the big leagues, and um, one of my good friends from school. And we just <laughs> – he goes out there and stolen great with the first two innings. And I'm thinking, okay, we have him, and then we're going to Fido straight there because just that's how it worked out. We had Fido and Singer be able to pitch the same game. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I think I'm done after the first game, I do two innings in the first game. I'm like, okay, I'm done. And our coach comes to me. I have my turfs on. I'm just chilling. He goes, dude, you're not done. Like you're not done pitching today. Like if we need you, if we need somebody, you're going in. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> let me, let me stay loose. Let me restretch. Um, but yeah, so he goes, singer goes out there and throws in the second game and the rain comes and there's a rain delay after the second inning. You know, he can't, he, it was like a two hour, three hour delay. So he can't go back out there. Yep. So I'm sitting there in the training room playing horse with a towel and a, and a basket. And our, our trainer comes up to me and goes, Hey, are you, are you good? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm good. I'm just chilling here, drinking a smoothie, playing basketball. Like what? Like, yep. yeah, I'm good. He goes, he goes, Oh dude, you're going in Like you're pitching. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. And then Sully came in there and kind of laid out the plan for us and, and goes, uh, like he's okay. Dyson will go two innings and we'll bring in somebody else. And then we'll bridge it with Bridget to Fido. And then Sully pulls, pulls me away after the, after that meeting goes, I'm not taking you out. He goes, this is your game and, and go bring us to Omaha. So I was like, okay. So that to me, that was like, he had so much confidence in me, no matter what went on through the year, no matter what he was, he was like, okay, like, here's the ball, like go, go win us a game or go bring us to Omaha. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of, that kind of kickstarted like those two winnings in that first game I, I threw kickstarted through my rest the, the last two weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. So I went out there and threw five innings, struck out seven awake for us, held them to two hits. And then we, we, uh, Fido finished it out. We won, but going to Omaha, I knew that I was going to be a, an important piece for us winning. And I knew that if there was a chance, cause we had, we had Fido, uh, Brady Singer, and then, Jackson Coars, those three first round picks in our rotation, mm-hmm. and yeah, not too shabby. Up, yeah, not not too bad at all. Um, so we had uh, we had those guys, and and so if you win the first two games, you line up your pitching for the rest of the tournament. Mm-hmm. So we played we played uh, TCU the first game. Fido goes out there and shoves like seven innings, eleven punch outs, just complete demolishes it. The next day we play Louisville. And Brady pitches the same thing and deals. I actually came in and finished that game. I threw an inning and a third to finish the game. And that kind of was just my, I got in there, got my feet wet, thrown on the mound, throwing in front of the big crowd. Yep. Um, but we won those two games. We had our pitching lined up. So Jackson would throw against TCU again. 
And then we'd go Alex and Brady in the, in the finals. And so I knew that I was going to get a chance to throw like in the bullpen, whatever. So I was ready, ready every game, getting hot every game. Um, but we lose, we lose that first game to TCU. And then, so we have to play them again. So that kind of messes up our pitching to where Alex has to throw the game to get into the championship series. And then Brady will start game one. And then Jackson's not going to be able to be ready by the time game two's come. So he'll start game three mm-hmm. if we get there. So going in, I kind of had an idea. And then in the first game, you know, Brady does what Brady did and just shoved. It was a close game. We won four to three. Um, and, but he sent, Sully sent me and Michael Byrne down to the bullpen. Byrne was like the All-American closer, best reliever in college baseball. Like, I think his junior year, he won reliever of the year. Could have easily won his sophomore year. But so we went down to the bullpen and we kind of, we kind of figured like whoever, whoever wasn't going in that game was going to start the next game. Yep. So they, they sent us both down there to throw. And then they called down to the bullpen. The guy answered the phone. And he goes, Hey, and he looks at me and he goes, you know, dice sit down. Like you're, you're, you're pitching tomorrow. I'm like, uh, and that's when I just completely like going, I'm like, uh, okay. Like, kind of going to the shock mode where, okay, like I'm going to have the national championship on the line when I pitch. Cause either we're going to finish out this game and win, or we're going to be down one zero and I got to go out there and pitch to get us to a game three. Mm-hmm. So going in and then I go to the dugout and Sully goes, Hey, you're, he goes, it's the game's yours. Like you're pitching them all. You know, and he got, and I got all the media asking me after the game, like, are you pitching tomorrow? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't want to give it away. Yeah, because uh, I, I let, let I'll let Sully do that and have him talk to the media. But they're asking me like, who's pitching? I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's a question for him. He goes, well, they're like, well, if it's not you, then who? I don't know. It's not my call. Like, that's not my yeah. decision. Um, but so but I knew I was pitching, and then I was just that's when I started getting like excited um, and a little bit anxious for for the game. Um, I didn't sleep all that night, obviously, because who would? Like, I'm just yeah. I'm just going through the game in my mind, like what happens here, what happens here, like, and I really wasn't one to visualize like the night before, like what would happen in a game, but I knew what was on the line the next day, and I knew that you know this is all the work that I've put in, all the up and downs throughout my freshman year to get to this point, and you know it's on my shoulders to go out there and pitch because we had a we had a thin bullpen at that point because of everyone who's thrown and we had some injuries. So I knew I had to go deep in the game, deeper than I had all season, just because, you know, we can't if – I, if I don't have a good game, we're done. We're losing that game, and we have to go to a game three. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was going in, and, and it just – once the game started, once I threw my first pitch, I wasn't nervous at all. I was actually way more nervous when I came out of the game. Um, oh, really? I kind of – yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I, once the adrenaline sat down, like, when, when Sully came out and took me off the mountain because uh, they go to burn, I was kind of like, okay, like this is cool. And then, you know, I'm getting a, you're getting a standing ovation. And, and I was, I remember walking off the mountain and looking down. And I'm like, all right, dude, look up because there's a bunch of people. There's thousands of people like standing, giving you a standing ovation for this. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But it, the game itself, to me, it was just another game. You know, like it, it's, yeah, there's a lot more people there, but, once I threw the first pitch, I knew that it was, it was just the same thing. And, and I knew if I was on and I could locate, if I could locate my off-speed pitches, then I had, they had no shot to beat me because I mm-hmm. was going to, I was going to, if I located those and got them off my fastball, 
I was getting getting gonna get enough ground balls and weak fly balls to where I, they couldn't. It, there was no damage that would have been done, especially that day with the wind was blowing in like 100 miles per hour. So I was like, okay, if they want to hit it in the air, go ahead. Like it's just it's just gonna fly back and be a fly ball. But yeah, man, it was it was. It was, it was very exciting and to have my, my parents were there and, and they flew out to Omaha for that, for the game. And just having that experience and dogpiling on the mound after winning a game, winning a championship game like that, it's, it's, it's something you dream about and to actually do it is something I will look back on the rest of my life going, okay, like that was, that was fun. Cause that was the first championship I won. I mean, besides literally, like I didn't want I didn't want a championship in high school. Mm-hmm. So it it was it was very surreal to do with the the group of guys that we did it with, and you're linked to those guys forever. Um, so it's 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 a special feeling. And what does it mean to you to be the winning pitcher of that game in which Florida wins their first ever national championship? When did it really sink in that you were the first group to you know win that national title for Florida? It, it was special, and, and the amount of great teams that Florida's had, and to be the first ones to win it is one like crazy like the amount of teams that Florida's had that could have easily won it the year before so the 2016 team everyone was talking about how that was one of the best teams in college baseball history like it had Pete Alonzo AJ Puck you know Sean Anderson who are in the big leagues now Logan Shore is one of the best pitchers in Florida history and you know with Fido Singer and Coar and it's just the the amount of people on that team were were crazy that they that they didn't win it um so we we knew we knew it was special. We knew that it was historic, um, but we were just we were just a bunch of you know eighteen to twenty two year old kids that were just mm-hmm. you know flying high and just kind of enjoying the moment because you you realize how historic it is, but at that time you're just there to you're celebrating it. Definitely. And so one of the things you guys did do to celebrate without getting into any you know politics stuff right now is you guys had the trip over to the White House. Um, that was kind of around the time, I believe, where the Warriors and stuff were, you know, going through the whole thing about not going, whatever else. So at that time, was there any talk about you guys not going? Or was this a chance to, you know, we won the national title, we're going to go to the White House and just, you know, really have that cool moment sink in? Yeah, I mean, no, there was no talks about about us not going. It, it was, it's, it's a special moment to, um, to be invited to the White House. No matter who's in office, it's, it's an honor mm-hmm. to be invited. Um, and we were all excited to go. We were all excited to to go meet the president and go have a day in DC. You know, we flew up on a private plane. They got us all these suits that we could wear. And, you know, it was, it was a perfect day in DC. And it was like, it was like 50 degrees in the fall and we flew up there and it's an honor to meet the president of the United States. Um, and we were all excited to go. And, and there was, there was no talk about us not going because we are, we were actually late though. The plane got delayed. So we were, <laughs> we were, we were running a little late, but, no, man, it's, it's an honor no matter who's in office to, to be invited. And like I said, we are, we are all excited to go and meet the president. Mm-hmm. And so did you get to talk with him at all? What was your interaction like that? Yeah, so he came over and, and talked to us for a second before we took a team picture. Um, just some stuff about how, uh, you know, he looked up our year and see how it was and, and what we did. And, um, and it, it was pretty special. I mean, you, walk, you were like in a room and – then, you know, you're going through the White House, then you go to the picture room, and then all of a sudden you see Secret Service walk in and, like, scan the room, and then the president walks in. And every, everyone's just like – like, you have that, yeah. like, shell shock moment where you're like, that's the president of the United States. Like, 
not many people get the opportunity to meet the president and it's, mm -hmm. it's an, it was an honor to be invited. And, and we had, we had a blast doing it. Um, and he, and he was, yeah, like I said, he came over and talked to us a little bit. Um, but there's a couple other teams there. So we kind of went around the, went around the room and talked to them. Um, but it, but it was, it was pretty cool. It was a special experience. So what was the highlight of that day for you? Obviously, you know, meeting him's gotta be really cool, but was there one thing that like stuck out to you and kind of, you know, put you into perspective of like, while we're here at the white house to meet the president with some of these other teams? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think just being in the same room, you know, mm -hmm. and, and having that and getting to go out to the, uh, to the lawn in the white house and, and going to the oval office, I think was, was, uh, probably pretty cool. Uh, we got a chance to go to go look around and take a picture of the Oval Office, and um, you know it's that's such a historic place in American history and and world history. Like it's it's the Oval Office in the White House. Like how many chances are you gonna get to go to the Oval Office? Like all these White House tours and stuff, you don't get a chance to go to the Oval Office. You don't get a chance to to hang out there for a second. And I think I think just just being there and, and just knowing that it's kind of like a celebration for us for what we did the previous year was, you know, we're, we got our rings a couple of weeks prior. Um, so everyone was, was rocking all the SEC title rings and the national championship ring. So it was going to the Oval Office and just being there was, was probably the best part about it, honestly. And so Tyler, you know, basically as a freshman, like you, you peaked in your college career, there's no other way about it. No matter like what you could have done, unless you're following it up with national title after national title, like that's as good as it's going to get, you know, win the SEC, win a national title, you know, have that trip to the white house. Then, you know, sophomore year, you come out and you're, you're throwing pretty well. You end up having, you know, some injury troubles. You guys make it back to the college world series. Don't end up getting it done there. But what was it like for you to, cause I think your last appearance that year was in May, you know, you really weren't throwing then kind of at the end of the year. So what was it like for you to know that your guys were going out there trying to repeat and do something that is just truly historic if they could get it done, but you weren't able to go out there and help them in that cause? Yeah, man, that, that year. So going into, I had, I had a great fall uh, after, after the spring season, I had a, you know, a great summer and then a great fall. Um, and I set myself up pretty well to be part of that rotation behind Brady and Jackson. Um, and I had a great preseason in the first month and a half of the year, I was throwing great. Like I had, I had a great ERA. My numbers were, were really good. I was feeling good. I was throwing hard and, and my changeup and slider were, were really good. Um, but then I, I felt, I felt something in my shoulder. I didn't really know what it was. Um, but I've never been really hurt before. Like I've never had, I never had an arm problems before or anything like that. So it was it was tough. It was a dark time for me. That was probably the toughest time of my college career. Uh, was was going through that that stretch, and you know I tried to play through it for a while. Tried to play through it for probably four or five weeks, and then I just I couldn't feel. I couldn't move my arm. Um, the mobility in my shoulder was was pinched up by a lot of inflammation, and and it, and it hurt. It hurt my mechanics, and it ruined everything. Uh, for my, my, my mental side and mechanical side. So it was, it was tough. It was tough to see, to see those guys go out there and play knowing that I hadn't, I didn't have the opportunity to help them, you know, and I was, I was starting to get back and I, I just had gotten, just had gone back to, you know, I probably was, I wasn't even a hundred percent until I got back to my, for my junior fall, honestly. And, um, just mechanic like I felt healthy when I went to the Cape but my mechanics were still jacked up 
So I didn't feel really 100% back until, until junior fall probably. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a dark time. It was, it was tough because, you know, it's, it's – I know college baseball is not as big as college basketball or college football, but, you know, the, the, the media attention that we got at Florida was, was still a lot. Um, you know, and you look at Twitter, like I had to delete social media and everything. Cause if I go out there and struggle, like everyone was talking about how bad I was and how this, um, but no one knew that I was hurt. <laughs> no one knew that I was trying to fight through it. They just, they just see it was on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kind of, but to watch them in Omaha, knowing that I, I could have had the opportunity to help us win another national title and to at least advance or to help us advance. And I couldn't. It was, it was tough. It was, it was tough for sure. So when you're going through that as an athlete, when you're hurt, especially, you know, kind of at that big time stage, what's it like for you on, on, your, on yourself mentally? Because you said, you know, it was a bit draining. It was very difficult. So what's it like kind of going through that? Because one, you have to, you know, rehab yourself physically, get yourself good to go, you know, as quickly and, you know, as, so you can be as healthy as possible. But then also just that mental toll it takes, because like you said, you've been playing baseball when it's baseball season every single you know year since you were four or five years old. And now you're kind of at a point where you have to stop for a little bit. I have to imagine that's got to be really difficult. Oh yeah, man. It, it was difficult. And I've never had, I've never had, um, like I said, injuries before, but um, well, I, I, I had knee surgery when I was 11. So I had to miss football season, but um, I, I've never had arm problems and, and it was just, it was tough. And mentally there's a bunch of obstacles you have to get over. You know, you have to get over the fact that there's a lot of people who are saying you're awful. You can't pitch anymore. Like it was like, what's happened? Like your mental head case. And when you start seeing that stuff, it's hard when you're, when you're on social media all the time, like we are, it's, it's, it's tough not to see it. Mm-hmm. And as much as you try to block it out, I mean, I deleted Twitter for, for a while um, just because I just didn't even want to have the temptation to look at it. Um, but it, it was tough, you know, and I had, I met with the mental skills strength coach and, and just trying to overcome getting that aspect and getting back to the fact where you're like, okay, I am healthy. You know, I, I, I am back. I am able to throw. And that was, that was tough because the where, although I, I didn't have any, I didn't have to have any surgery or anything on my shoulder. It was, it was a minor injury, but it was one that caused a lot of problems Mm-hmm. Uh, with my mechanics and my mobility and my arm, so, you know, my you know my whole arm slot was off. I couldn't figure out how to get it back. So it it was it was tough, and I think it it really took going to the Cape and just playing baseball again. You know, with no cameras, with no there's not ten thousand people in the stands. Mm-hmm. You know, on an SCC road game, it, it's it's it took that to just get away and just go play. And, you know, I'm thankful for that experience because it really was a pivotal moment because I could have, looking back, I could have stayed in that dark place and I didn't know how long it was going to last. But mm-hmm. you got overcome it. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy I went through it. Obviously, I wish I would have been completely held. I wish I would have went through college and had, you know, we won three national titles and yeah. I won the Golden Spikes all three years. But, I mean, let's be real. Everyone's going to go through time where you get hurt and you have to fight through it. And that was the first time I had to do it. And, and I'm looking back on it, grateful that I went through it when I did, because I was 20 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. And I just, you know, you learn, you learn how to fight through it and you learn how to fight back and you learn how to power through it. Um, so yeah, it, it was tough going through it, but now looking back, I have 
I'm mentally stronger because mm-hmm. of it. And it's really helped me now because like when I went through my junior year, um, you know, it was a different injury, but it made my, made me mentally better off because like I was in a better space yep. my junior year rather than, rather than my, uh, my sophomore year after the injury. And so you mentioned how going down to the Cape for you was really nice. So what was it like for you to go down to the Cape and, you know, also, you know, having the ties, you know, from this area, what was it like to go down there and play in the Cape Cod league? It, it was great. It was, it was an experience that I wish everybody could have. And, and it was one of the most fun baseball experience I've ever had. You know, you're, you're playing there and like, I grew up going to Cape games. Like we used to, we used to vacation in Orleans and Chatham and, and go watch the games there and, and to play. Um, you know, I was in Falmouth uh, playing and to be able to go play in these, you know, you're playing high school fields, but you know, growing up, I saw them. Like I saw, I, I saw games there. So it was really cool for me to play there. And it just got back to baseball. It just got back mm-hmm. to just a bunch of guys from, it was basically, they're giant pickup games. That's what they, that's, yeah. what they, that's and when it comes down to it, they're a bunch of kids from all over the country. Um, you know, like we had a bunch of kids from Stanford and, and, you know, playing against guys that I played with it or that I played against in college at Auburn and um, it, it just all over the country and guys, guys are coming together to play and have fun because at the end of the day, everyone knows that it's, it's just to keep you like, there's no, there's no, like, I don't know how to say it, but it's just, everyone uses that as a way to get better for their college season. You know, mm-hmm. so there's no really like, Oh, like I'm doing, like, uh, there's no, there's nobody who tries to get too egotistical out there because everyone's just there to play baseball, yep. you know? And, and it, it's just, it was so fun. And I was able to have, you know, my aunts and uncles come to games that I, they've never seen, they haven't seen me play since high school besides on TV, but they've never seen mm-hmm. me in person play, play since high school or be, even before that. So, you know, to be an hour away from, you know, my, my family and Massachusetts was, was really cool to have them come down and watch me play. and and just for me to get away from Florida and just go play again was, was very, it was very helpful. And it was experience that I would not change for the world. Definitely. I like that answer a lot. So Tyler moving on. So, you know, we've talked about it a lot. So the freshman year, you know, the highs that it was and then sophomore and junior year having sort of those injuries. So what does it mean to you then to get drafted by the nationals to have, you know, your college career culminate in getting drafted, you know, pretty highly up there too in the fifth round by Washington what did it mean to you to get drafted? Yeah, it, it was special. You know, there's a lot of angst and, and stress going into it because when we were having, you know, I was hurt that year too. I hurt my form. So my first game back was in the regional and it was like a day before the draft. Like that, my first, my first day back, like after being cleared and stuff to throw was that, was that, uh, uh, that weekend. So it was, and I, I go into the year. I'm just, I just got clear. Whatever. I'm happy. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm, my arm is feeling a lot better. And then I get strep throat before we go. And it's like, I, I'm traveling. You know, I, I was traveling with the mask on before. It was cool. Like it yeah. was like I, I was, I was driving around, or we, were, I had to go on the plane in the uh, with the mask. And then so we get there. You know, I, and I was, I didn't feel that bad from it. Um, but so I'm sick going in, and then we play and we're losing and we come down to the last game and I throw, I throw one inning and it really saved. It really saved me because I came in and I was throwing upper nineties and um, it showed teams that I was healthy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I just, 
And then, and then, so we're leaving and I have, I have a stomach bug that night too. Like after, after that game. So I, I'm throwing up all morning. I'm, I lost like 10 pounds that night. Just, oh geez. I felt, I felt bad for my, my roommate, like on the road, my, um, my buddy Kirby McMullen, he was, I came in there, I had strep and then I was, you know, sick all night the day we left. So I felt bad for him because he had to deal with me all weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, we flew back and, and I knew, I knew nothing was going to happen the first two rounds just because of what I heard and, and what's, what transpired over the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had aspirations to go, to go a lot higher. Um, but then when, you, when, when you're not healthy and you kind of struggle your junior year, that's what happens. You slip a little bit. Um, but there's, a, there's just a lot of uh, stress and, and leading up to it because, you know, you're seeing everybody get taken and ahead of you and you're like, uh, like, why, why is this person going ahead of me? Like, I know I'm better than them. Like what, what's the mm-hmm. deal. And I'm on the phone with my, you know, my dad and my, my advisor at the time, my agent now. Um, yeah. and you gotta be careful with the NCAA about using the agent word. Like it's all, it's, it's all touchy subject, but no, it's so my agent now. Um, and we're trying to figure out what's going on like what's happening. And, you know, I, the second day, like I just got over a stomach bug. So I'm sleeping in and my phone buzzing off the, like just off the hook, just different teams call me. I'm like, my, I probably had 20 missed calls from my dad and my agent. I'm like, Oh, what do I do? Like, so I call him back. I'm like, what's going on? Like, uh, and we have our exit meetings that day. Cause we just got back to Gainesville the night before, mm-hmm. um, after the game. And, um, so we, we had, a, we were cleaning out of lockers, had our exit meetings and I go in there and I'm like, okay, like, Hey, like if my phone rings, I probably gonna have to answer it. Like, don't know what's going on. And then, so about 10 minutes out, they're like, yeah, go ahead. Like we, we expect you to go soon. Um, but yeah, once the, once the, uh, I got a call from my dad and he goes, Hey, like, uh, Jeff's on the other line. He's my agent. And he, we, uh, um, he goes, I don't know what's going on. If we were just talking strategy about what to do. And he goes, Hey, we go with the nationals here. Like they're, they're going with this, this number at this pick. You go with that. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And the nationals are one of the teams. It was weird. Like I, I met with every team besides two. I didn't meet with the Nationals and I forgot the other team, but I didn't meet I didn't meet with the Nationals in my scout meetings in the fall. So I had no idea like what what they were doing or what their idea was. But um uh so I was they actually came one of the scouts actually came by to one of our scrimmages when I was rehabbing and coming back, he go and he comes up to me and goes, I drove three hours to watch you throw two winnings, so make it worth it. <laughs> so so I guess I did. So it was and when they, when they announced the name, like I was able to watch it on my phone. Um, it was, it was just, you know, all the angst about it just, and the stress just goes away. And it's, it's almost like a mixture between relief and just pure joy because of you think back to everything, you know, from little league and playing catch the first time to, to going through what I did at school and, you know, the whole recruiting process and, and everything I went through here and it all, accumulates to this moment to where I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm a professional baseball player now, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I called my dad right after and just, you know, I was like, yo, I was like, dad, we did it. Like it's, this is phase one is done. We're moving on, but we did it. Let's, en- let's enjoy this for, for a couple of days and, and then moving on. But seeing that, seeing, hearing them announce my name and just thinking about everything, it was just, it was a surreal moment. and. It's one of those that every kid 
know, when you, when you play catch the first time or you're, you're in your first game, you're like, Oh, how cool would it be to play a professional baseball? Like, that's what mm-hmm. I, that's what I wanted to do since I was kind of like, since I can remember and every time teacher said, what do you want to do for a living? Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to play baseball, you know, and hopefully I can play this game for a long time, but to get drafted like that after everything I went to went through, it, it was, it was surreal. Obviously you haven't, you know, been in pro ball for too, too long yet, you know, a cup of coffee sort of last year, but haven't had that full experience yet. But was there any moment for you? Like, you're like, Oh shit. Like I'm a pro baseball player. Like obviously you mentioned like getting drafted and like, that's surreal too. But was there any moment where, whether it's like you show up for uh, spring training yeah. or just being around some of the guys or just anything like that? Yeah, I think, I think that moment came in spring training. Um, you know, last year going, it felt like summer ball. Like after the, after the college season, I went up, I, I came down here to the, to the complex. So I, I had to do all my medical stuff in DC um, and, and then flew down here and got, went straight to the complex uh, for, uh, you know, just to start things off. And then I got shipped up to New York. Um, but that, that kind of felt like summer ball. In a sense, like it was just kind of, everyone's coming from college. Most people are coming from college, and it was just like, this is what this is just half a season. Um, but then, and then spring training came, and I was like, like you're seeing Strasburg and Scherzer and Juan Soto and all those guys in the facility, and you're like, like oh my god, like the, like they're just they're right they're working out on the field, ten feet away from me. Like so, it's that moment was probably like, all right, this is this is pro ball. This is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Seeing all, seeing all the nice cars in the parking lot, just yeah. like, just all that. Oh, I'm sure. All right, Tyler, just a couple more questions, then we'll get you out of here. But so you just mentioned Max and Strasburg right there. Obviously, you know, two of the larger figures in the game for sure. So if you could, you know, like have a chance to talk with them, pick their brain, what would you want to know from them? Obviously, you know, watching them on TV, I'm sure, over the years and just kind of seeing like what they do and how they go about their business. What's something that you would want to, you know, try and see what they do and take away from them? Yeah, you know, they're they're so good and they're and they're they're so different. Um, you know, just their demeanor on the mound. Like those two, just watching them play and hearing some stuff is those two are the most competitive, competitive guys in the sport. But if you look but if you're just watching on TV, you know, you see Max yelling and you see him grunting and everything like that, but and you'll see Strauss just like just calm, cool, collected through it and and but there's they're they're both so fiery, it's just different. Um, but I, I would probably talk to them just about one just their mentality going in like how do you attack these guys day in and day out when you're facing the top top guys in the league um and kind of just pitch sequencing you know it's it's hard to get hitters off their timing and that's that's how you have to pitch like you have to get them off you know it helps when you have the stuff that those two have uh, mm, to be able sure. to go out there and punch out 20 or you know sometimes when they punch out 20 or throw no hitter it's it's it but just hearing their the pitch, the pitch sequence, this is going in like, okay, why do you throw this pitch at this count? Why do you throw to this hitter compared to that hitter? Like what, what are the, like, what is, what goes into that? So those two mm-hmm. things is their, their mentality. And then um, just their pitch sequence and everything was probably, would probably be two things I talked to him about. Definitely makes sense. Learn from the best. So Tyler, you mentioned, you know, their mentality, their pitch sequencing. What is sort of your mentality when you're on the mound? Obviously you're still trying to, you know, figure things out, you know, kind of being, you know, late to the game as a pitcher, but what is sort of your mentality when you're out there? What are you trying to do and accomplish? Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm more of like a fiery guy. Like there's some times in college where I would yell a lot and, and sometimes at the other team, um, sometimes warranted. Sometimes I probably should have not done it. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's when I'm trying to 
when I'm out there, you know, my goal is to get them out. Like, and I'll be honest, my goal is to embarrass them. Like if I'm, if I'm, I'm trying to get out a hitter to where I'm like, I don't want, I want their parents saying in the stands, like, Oh, that's not my kid. Like <laughs> I, I, that, <laughs> that's what I want to go do. So like when I have a kid, Oh, two, like I'm not trying to let him hit it. Like I want him swinging no matter if the ball is like 50 feet or it's the nastiest pitch I've thrown. Like I'm trying to get you out as much as I can, because now, especially being, being in pro ball, it's, it's jobs at stake. It's money at stake. It's, it's, you know, future mm-hmm careers at stake so it's i'm not gonna let somebody beat me like i'm i'm going to do whatever i can come hell or high water to beat you like and it's just that's my mentality and you know when i'm out of the game like i'm i'm you know joking in the dugout or something but when i'm pitching like it's like i'm competitive and, and that's just something that i've always had playing basketball playing football like it's it's something that you have um but in pitching in college and playing with you know Brady was probably one of the most fiery guys that we had but Jackson Carr was was calm cool collected like you never saw him really show any emotion out there um but so picking from those two guys and then you know being what I can be and who I am it's just like I said I'm going out there to to embarrass you and to get you out and you know sometimes I may get beat but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try my ass off next time to beat you if you beat me like it's that's just that's just how I do it Mm mm-hmm and even hearing your answer right there, I loved every second of that because, you know, we were just talking and having a nice little conversation. Like, oh, it'd be cool to talk to Max or Strass. And then all of a sudden it's, no, I want to embarrass your ass and get you out. Like, I love that. You could see the fieriness in that answer. I know you're getting me amped up. Like when I go throw later, I'm just going to, I'm going to be like all amped up. Yeah. I mean, well, especially if you haven't pitched in a game in a while, I mean, those juices have got to be flowing for sure. I know. I've been throwing a bunch of bullpens in the live hitters, but it's not the same as not, as not pitching in a game. So Tyler, you mentioned earlier on, um, you know, trying to work on that curveball in college, you were working on that, that change up. So the fastball slider, those are the bread and butter for you. Just sort of what's your mentality in terms of like going out there. Do you like to, you know, pitch that fastball first, set up the breaking ball? What's sort of, you know, your angle and how you go about things? What do you think are your best pitches and sort of what are your strengths as a pitcher? Yeah. So, you know, my, my fastball is my best pitch. Um, and when I die, I'm going to go to the old number, the old number one. Uh, it comes down to it, and I feel like that when my fastball is – when I'm feeling good with it and I'm locating it and no one can touch it, like that's just my, that's just my mentality. Um, but, you know, I, I'm confident with, with all my pitches. You know, I'll, I'll go out there and throw it. No matter if that pitch – if that pitch isn't working that day, it only needs to work once. It only needs if, – if I'm throwing in the sixth inning, seventh inning, and I need to jam and I, and I can't locate my slider that day, but I can locate that one pitch, that one slider where they – they just completely eliminate it. And then I drop it in there for a strike and you know, we win. That's, that's all that matters. So I'm, I'm confident to throw any one of my pitches, whether it's a three, two count in the bottom of the ninth bases loaded, like I'll, I'll throw any pitch and you mm-hmm. have to go in with that mentality because if you're scared for to sure. throw a pitch, the hitter knows it. If you, if you, if you're scared to throw your change up right or lefty like in any count, they know that they're just going to eliminate it. And these hitters are too good to not, be able to have that confidence and to not throw it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's important to do that. Um, you know, I'm gaining confidence with, like you said, the, the, the fastball slider and changeup are kind of my, my go-to. That's just cause I've been throwing them the most. Um, but once I, once I get that curveball down, I, I feel like that's going to be a, a really good weapon to have. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, Tyler, last question, then we'll get you out of here. So one thing that I want to bring up is the fact that, you know, 
You haven't had that ton of time yet in pro ball. Obviously, the fans down in Florida, they're very familiar with you. You know, obviously having that national title under your belt. But what should the Washington Nationals fans know about you? You know, just getting drafted last year, some of them might not know too, too much about you other than sort of you have that national title under your belt. You know, you were a pitcher over there at Florida. But so if you were given a message right now to the Nationals fans, what should they know about Tyler Dyson? Uh, they should know that I'm going to do whatever I can to keep bringing rings back to D.C. You know, it's at, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, that's just, you know, guys are in it for different things. And I, and I want to win as much as possible. You know, that, that's to me, that's, that's how you measure. When you think about greatness in every sport, you think about Jordan, his six rings. You think about Tom Brady and his six rings and Kobe and his five. And it's, that's how you measure greatness. And, and that's how, you know, people see Jeter, they see his five rings. They're like, okay, like that's, that man won. That man won. And, and then you see some other guys with, with no rings and you're like, oh, well, was, is he the greatest? Cause he doesn't have a ring. Like he doesn't do this. So I want to win as much as I can. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to grind and, and dig every day to do that. And, you know, I've been through a lot of highs and lows throughout my, throughout my career and, um, and learning from that. And, and, you know, I've had the college experience and pro ball experience so far that like, if somebody at the same level as me, they, they, no one's been through the same stuff I've been through, like baseball wise, like it's, I've been at the high of highs and I've been at the low of lows. Like it's, it's and everything in between. So I'd put up that experience up against anybody's and, and I'm a better man for it. I'm a better player for it. And, and like I said, I'm a, I'm a grind every day to, to do what I can to, to help bring championships back and, and help the team win and, and be the best player I can be. And well, Tyler, it definitely sounds like the Nationals got a good one and you've definitely fired up, ready to go. And hopefully, you know, you can get back out there real soon onto the field and start doing things for real for, for the Nationals Absolutely. and start rising Absolutely. the ranks. Absolutely. Well, th- thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. And good, good luck throwing later today. And, you know, hopefully you can embarrass some of those hitters. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Tyler.